Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Isaiah 59 and it's interesting. I'm going to go I'm going to read instead of the New International Version. My daughter and uh, her family gave me a a book that has all sorts of um, artwork associated with each chapter of 59 and I started reading that this morning. And I really like the interpretation. It's not new and international. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. Um, but <clears throat> I like the way that it reads. It's very clear. And it applies, I think, very well to a lot of our society today. So in one in one uh, version, in NIV, they say that uh, chapter 59 is about sin, repentance, and, and confession, or sin, confession, and repent, repentance. This one it talks about, it really says that it's about warnings against sin. So it's a little bit different in, uh, interpretation, which is the great thing about the Bible. Is that there, is a, there is interpretation, and in fact, every time I read the Bible, I can read the same, the same section, the same chapters, same book, and I'll learn something new from it. So I don't think that it's, it's different. I don't think one's right or wrong. I think there's so many different elements to learn from God's word because it is so, it's so immense in its knowledge that you really do see different, you learn different things every time you see it. Um, I'm going to say a quick prayer then before we start. Lord, thank you for this time. I just lift up this, this time of prayer, of reading, and I just ask for you to be the one that we focus on, that our hearts and our minds would be focused on you, that we would bring you honor and glory, that we would truly, truly listen to your word, and that we would bring you honor and glory. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in verse 1, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear, your, hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers, and your fingers are filthy with sin. Your lips are full of lies, and your mouth spews corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. They conceive evil deeds, and then they give, and then give birth to sin. They hatch deadly snakes and weave spider webs. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Whoever cracks cracks them, will hatch a viper. Their webs can't be made into clothing, and nothing they do is productive. All their activity is filled with sin, and violence is their trademark. They f their feet run to do evil, and they rush to commit murder. They think only about sinning. Misery and destruction always follow them. They do not know where to find peace, or what it means to be just and good. So, right here, it's a pretty, pretty tough description of, of the people at the time. That their hands are those of murderers. They have been cut off from God because of their sins. They're liars. They're, your lips are full of lies. And your mouth spews corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. And the people's lawsuits are based on lies. So much of this, you know, it's, it's interesting. So much of this is from, well, 
This is a description of people from thousands of years ago, yet it could describe people today. Man never changes. It's interesting. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they were like, oh, well, we're different today. No, we're not. We still do these things. (laughs) So it's just, it's interesting because men are sinful. We haven't really changed. Maybe the ways we sin, but the same, it's the same base sins. You know, you can really break these sins up into the, you know, these are the macro categories, lying, murdering, cheating. It's just, it's pretty obvious. It's, it's kind of where man has always been. Um, okay. Back to, to reads reading verse eight. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads and no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. So true. So there is no justice among us and we know nothing about right living. We look for light, but find only darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even, a bright, even at brightest noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. Among the living, we are like the dead. We growl like hungry bears. We moan like mournful doves. We look for justice, but it never comes. We look for rescue, but it is far from us. For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us. Yes, we know what sinners we are. We know we have rebelled and have denied the Lord. We have turned our backs on our God. We know how unfair and oppressive we have been, carefully planning our deceitful lives. Our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. In another book, in another uh, interpretation, it says, the, those who, who are honest fall prey. Uh, verse 13. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord, is, the Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So, First we see here, just to break this up a little bit, uh, first we see the list of sins and that the people have committed. Then it says, yes, we know that we have done these things. So there is confession. Yet truth is gone. So back to 13. Yet truth is gone and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed, so he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm, and his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. He will pay them back, even to the ends of the earth. In the west, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the east, they will glorify him. For he will come like a raging flood tide, driven by the breath of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel, 
who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. So there's repentance, there's a confession, and then there's salvation. And this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them, and neither will those words I have given you. They will be on your lips and on the lips of your children and your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken. So you can see that even when their sins, when our sins are so great, with confession, repentance, their salvation. And that really is what this whole, my, my journey is about, is I've recognized my sins, I've confessed them, and I repent. And now I try to grow closer to God. I want the journey to be a straighter road where there is peace. And I feel like that, that that's really, you know, coming. But it's interesting, as we talked about this week, putting God first. As soon as I make those proclamations, as soon as I set that as a goal, the challenges arise. I don't know if you faced them this week. But my challenges were were pretty great. Sleeping through an alarm clock, so now I don't have time first thing in the morning to get up and pray. Which was my intend, intent. Um, really just having an overwhelming concern hit me so that I felt unworthy or whatever it might be unable to to pray and take time with God just various things really just struck home I feel like there was a great attack and it reminds me of every time of again we talked yesterday about Romans 7 where it talks about my mind wants to my body doesn't as soon as I want to and I I strive towards being closer to God, I follow what I have immediate challenges and issues. And it reminds me of when I was praying the other day saying, God, what can I do to be a better Christian? And he said, rest in me, rest in my arms. Because whenever I try, the trials come, the body rebels against me. It rebels against my spirit because ultimately the body's sinful and the spirit isn't. Well, it isn't as. <laughs> but even though I want to do good, the sinful body kicks in hard. And so that testimony, that voice telling me to rest in him is more prevalent and impactful and powerful. And I just pray that I can do that. I hope you're able to rest in him, to truly hear his voice, to know when he's telling you to go right and left. So with that, I'm just going to wrap us, wrap us up with a quick prayer. Father God, thank you for this week. Thank you for Isaiah and the lessons learned. Thank you for the way you've shown us how to move on our journey, how to move on our path. Thank you for showing us how to fast, and that fasting is a daily, all-day event. It's about serving you. Thank you for helping us see others as you see them, and helping us to hear your voice. I just thank you for this week. With the ups and downs, I praise you most of all for being beside us. I just pray you'd be with us the, this weekend, that you would be 
at the forefront of our thoughts and our hearts and our minds, that we continue to walk down this path and get closer to you. I pray for safety and I pray for our nation. I pray for our leaders and I just pray that we would intervene and intercede on behalf of our country on a daily basis. That we would pray for the salvation of our leaders, wisdom, your wisdom to be upon them, not the wisdom of men who create these crooked paths that are not safe, that are courts filled with lies, but your wisdom, your glory, your intent would be upon these leaders. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God.